Welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is your host, Michelle Bader. I am sitting here today with my friend and co-host, Mark Massaro. And the topic for today is call on your tribe. So first, we're going to talk about what does tribe even mean? I mean, I know we've all heard that word before, but I'm going to give you the definition of tribe. It's a group of people or a community with similar values or interests, a group with a common ancestor or a common leader. So basically, any group of people that believes in the same thing, supports each other. So what I'm talking about when I say tribe is who are the people in your life that support you? So we're going to be talking about practical ways to get support and also where to find these people. What does it mean to ask for help? What does it even mean call on your tribe? So if you're here today, you are most likely a widow or widower or someone going through grief. So this is the most important time in your life to call on your tribe. And I know that it's easy, tempting to want to not call on your tribe. You know, Mark, I think you've shared with me before about there was a time period when you didn't call on your tribe. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a quite a <laughs> quite a rough time period. Um, I really struggle with that. And that's why I kind of laughed at us mm -hmm. doing this topic, even though I've gotten a lot better at it. Right. Um, it's like, I could have been preaching this all to myself because mm -hmm. I thought I could do everything. I didn't want to burden people. I really felt like me reaching out and asking people for help or prayers or anything. I just felt like I was a burden on people. And I was really afraid that, um, that if I leaned on people too much, that they wouldn't want to be my friend anymore. Mm. That I would become that needy guy that every time I texted or called that they'd just be like, oh gosh, here he is again. Mm -hmm. And um, that couldn't have been farther from the truth. But yeah, I really, really struggled with that for a long time. So what, what changed to where you are today, to where you do have a supportive tribe? Good friends, good mm -hmm. friends encouraging me, um, good friends checking on me. Um, a really good friend of mine, I've mentioned her before, Tamara, who was my wife's best friend. Like she was constantly poking and prodding at me for, you know, just to communicate with her. Like it was, uh, she made it very clear that I wasn't a burden to her. And, um, she'd be like, she'd ask questions like, instead of like, how are you doing? She'd be like, Mark, like, how are you really doing? Right. And it just phrasing it like that helped me to like open up and she, you know, just uh, seeing the consistency in people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have a, I mentioned my friend, Brian, who showed up at my front door uh, in my, I think it was the first podcast we did, but um, so I'm really good friends with him now and another really good friend of mine, John. And I sat there, I really needed prayers one night. I was going, I was having a lot of grief and Mm -hmm. I was going through my my normal struggle of like I don't want to bother them I don't want to bother them I typed out a text and deleted it like mm -hmm. 15 times Whoa. and so much so that on the one that I actually sent to them I started the text off with I am sending this and oh, they wow. were confused but that was for myself that right. was for myself like send this text they've told you so many times and I sent out a text and I asked them can you guys, can one of you guys, I'm really sorry to bother you, but can one of you guys um, 
just call me and pray with me mm -hmm. over the phone. Like I really didn't want to burden them. Right. And I got a text back like two minutes later from John. He said, on my way. And then, um, sorry, they're really good friends. And then um, Brian texted right after that. And he said, me too. And they both came over and just spent the night over here with me, like, you know, most of the evening and into the night. And um, he, as, as I remember, John got here first and I'm pretty, actually, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But I remember John said to me as we were standing at the front door, he said, I feel something tonight. We're going to have a really powerful prayer session. We're going to go in your room and just the three of us are going to just pray and just talk to God. And I feel he's going to do something. Wow. It was beautiful. They came in and we had this really intense prayer and we were all just crying and it was, uh, they're just really good men. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know how else to, they're just very genuine. So, mm -hmm. but it took you getting out of your comfort zone and yes. asking for help. Yep. And it was hard yeah. to do. It was really hard to do, but that's I a, needed it. That's a very hard thing, especially for men to ask for help, you know, but that seems to be something that was key in you having that support. If you yeah. would have done that, you would have just been in your grief alone. So I yep. think that's a great example to people of what to do, even when you don't feel like it, to open yourself up and ask for help, which kind of um, is what I want to talk about is think about who your five to 10 <clears throat> closest people are like most supportive people you are in your life. This is what I did. And, you know, think about who those people are. And those are your tribe. Those are the people you're going to go to, especially in this like first six month year of being a widow, a widower, you need your support. So identify who they are. And then what I did is I just asked them one at a time, Hey, would you be in a prayer group for me? Like, would you support me? And they all say yes. <laughs> and yeah you know, no one's going to say no, if they're really your friend. Um, and then what I did was created, I I've done some on text, some on Facebook messenger, like somehow create a group, um, to pray for you and don't be afraid to put in any prayer requests, anything. Also, you know, people say all the time, let me know if there's anything you need. Let me know. You know, and some days you have no idea. Like, I don't even know when you say that. Um, I've told people too, it's best if you say to someone, I'm going to do this for you. Can I bring you dinner? Can I take the kids? Okay. Like, you know, wasn't that the most helpful for you? Oh yeah. It still is. Yeah. When people are specific about, I want to do yeah. it because you're so overwhelmed. Like your spouse just passed away. You don't know what you need. I don't know what I need. Yeah. Right. So what I would do is I actually did this when Luke was sick. Um, but you could do it whenever I made a list of like, people say, what do you need? And so I listed it all out. Like I can, it was just like simple things. Like I need, cause I'm not really like very home -y. and, um, Haley needed something sewed for something. And actually Luke used to do the sewing side note. You probably don't know the story and our audience for sure. Doesn't Luke and I, um, you know, went to high school together and we were in home ec together. I did not know and that. Yes, yes. That was our class together where I would always talk to him about all these boys and he'd give me advice. And um and it was really, really, you know, cute that we had that whole relationship. But anyways, he won the number one, his mom still talks about this and has the award somewhere. He won like best sewer or like no best way. something. So, anyways, in our house, he would always sew everything. So That's cool. he wasn't really up to it when he was sick. So one of the things was that I was asking somebody to sew it and somebody did, they came and did it. 
And I, it might've been, I needed a ride for the kids for this. It was like very specific. I, oh, one of them was like, I need a Bible study to plug into. I got lots of people telling me about it. Like it was super specific and you don't be afraid to do that. You know, ask for what you need. These people say, let me know if you need anything. And so that was really huge for me. I like so, that. The thinking of specific things. Yes. I remember that feeling of just like, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I just know, know I need help. Mm-hmm. I need like a partner, you know, <laughs> like, right. And so it was right. like, I don't know. I don't know what I need. Right. So being specific is really good. And then also plugging into support widow groups is huge. Um, I know you did that right away for me. It was about three months. Like I didn't even think about it before then. And then actually my realtor told me about the group where you and I had met and connected with so many great people that weren't just like older widows and widowers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. younger ones. Anyways, find a support group. Um, you can actually plug in Instagram, um, widow too soon underscore. You'll find a community that's growing there. And we also have a Facebook page that you can follow. Just type in widowed too soon and two, like the number two, um, and plug in with those people. And really try to find your tribe because we've all been through the same kind of things. Like not every story is the same, but we still grief is grief and pain is pain. We know what it's like. And so, I mean, I think I'm in like 20 groups. I don't follow all of them that closely on Facebook, but it really, and then several, I follow like you guys, you know, that are listening, probably if you type in a hashtag that you can follow it. So my first thing I did was um, hashtag widow. Um, on Instagram and found a whole bunch of people to connect with. Like, I just was so like hungry for people that understand this. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted somebody, I think I shared this on the live the other day. Like, I just wanted somebody to tell me it will get better. Like, that's all I wanted. And so first of all, we're here to tell you at nine months out and almost a year out, it does get better. It does get better. Like, you're not going to be stuck in this place forever but really try to plug in with the community. And then, you know, along with that, you know, goes, you know, your church community, which um, Mark, can you share a little bit about what that's been like for you, your tribe at church? Sure. Um, I have, you know, my brother's been great. Um, you know, my in-laws have been great, but they live a little far, like I've mentioned before. And so they're not, you know, able to be here every day, but um, so plugging in, at church was hugely beneficial. And I remember for the first like year that Lacey and I went to the church we go to, that I go to, it's still so hard not to say we for like right? everything. I know I do it all the time. Um, the church I go to, we went there for about a year without knowing anybody. And then there was a small um, in-home Bible study that we just signed up for. And the next thing I know, now I go to church and there's like 10 or 15 people there that I know mm-hmm. and that I'm growing closer with. And we're in this little club together. And then uh, from that, somebody invited me on the men's retreat. And at the men's retreat, there were, I think, if I remember right, it was like 150 men. Wow. And I, I met so many good people. And then I came back to church and all of a sudden I felt like a rock star because I'm like, <laughs> It was like, hey, what's up? Hey, hey. You know, it was like, I just like knew everybody. And mm-hmm. um, so I would really like encourage people um, to go to a church. If you don't have one already, find a good Bible teaching church 
and step out of your comfort zone if you're uncomfortable with it like I was and just start talking to people. Say hello. It starts mm -hmm. with saying hello. Next thing you know, you're going to have a bunch of friends, a bunch of people to call on. And the beautiful thing is God puts it on their hearts. All these people that I have that I could just mention, uh, you know, from my friend Bella, who was here every single week, mm. who got everybody at my church. She passed out these little squares, fabric squares, and had everybody write a Bible verse or something on it. And she sewed it all together and made Lacey mm. this quilt. And Lacey loved it. And she just came week after week after week asking us, what, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? She'd come and help me organize my pantry, like whatever I needed, she okay. would come faithfully. And the list goes on and on. And while I want to give these people credit because they're beautiful people, I, I also am aware that God put it on their heart to help me. And right. so that's why I encourage people like, to meet people at church, that's where you're going to find a core good group of people. Um, and even online, like you're saying in, in widow groups and stuff like that, especially like Christian ones. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a Christian, I don't, I know we're not, I'm, I'm so used to everybody around me being a Christian, but I know not everybody is, but like whatever your faith may be, um, you know, but finding people that share the same faith as you and stuff, um, is is really huge and it's yeah. incredibly helpful so i you know it's like if you if you meet somebody and this is just a way extreme example but like if you meet somebody at the bar you're going to get bar friends if you right. meet somebody, you know at the club you're going to get club friends like mm -hmm. you want people to really like be there for you like get plugged in at church because the heart of christ is flowing through those people and mm -hmm. um they will do unbelievable things that'll really blow your mind. Right. So another idea, and we've talked about it on a couple other episodes, is grief share or getting plugged into some kind of group. Grief share is free. Actually, someone sent me a message and was like, what was that again? And then they found one in their town. So I was excited that they were able to plug in. It's through churches and it really just goes through like how to grieve. For me, I did um, online grief work. I also went to a grief retreat. So there are things like this was COVID and I still found a grief retreat. And so I was super excited. I mean, it was totally God, you know, which we'll probably get into in other episodes, all the cool things that happened there. But I literally prayed, God, I want a retreat. I want something. And everything said closed due to COVID. Like I was willing to travel, whatever. A friend out of the blue, Monica, she sends me a message saying, Hey, I thought you might be interested in this. And it was a grief retreat, like 30 miles from my house. Oh. And she followed it. Cause it was a camp she used to go to anyways. It was totally God. I was so, so excited to go and God did absolute amazing things there. And so my point is like, get plugged in, you know, especially now, like things are opening up a lot more in some areas and, um, really try to find a place, but griefshare, griefshare.org is the website. You'll find a lot of resources there. Um, or if you're not comfortable in person, they do have Zoom meetings as well. Do they and, have multiple like locations of that or are yeah, they all, all where you are? No, oh, no. Okay. It's like nationwide. Oh, so wow. I was talking to someone in, I forgot what state she's in, but she said, wow, I found one in my town. And she was like really excited. I just told her what website to go to. You type in, I think your zip code and it gives you options and they're uh -huh. starting all the time. So that's another, you know, great resource and they're free or like $20 to cover a book or something like that. 
So then you'll be plugging with people. For me, it was huge. I built a community with my eight months of grief work online. Um, that was huge for me. Actually, I will put a link to where I took it through. Um, her name's Pam. She was amazing. She's a grief counselor and she has some really great resources. And so that helped me because I actually went through three classes with some of the same people. And so I really got to know them well and know their stories. But that was huge to be able to really go through the grief work together. And like, this is, you know, moving forward together. So that was big. I wanted to share just a couple of the stories of what people did for me that was really touching when I like didn't know what I needed. Um, this one was one of the first things that happened. Well, first of all, you know, Luke passed away early in the morning and um, I called my best friend, Deborah, who lives in Idaho, which is like six, five or six hours, depending um, away. And she literally like dropped everything um, and came, which was amazing. And like did everything she stayed like, three days or something and like literally like my mom always says everybody needs a Deborah like she just like did <laughs> everything for me like clean the house took care of the kids like I was in a place I don't know about you like I don't know I didn't eat like it's the first time in my life where I I've never been one of those people who say oh I don't even you know never but I just forgot like completely forgot and so she would make sure they had food and like took care of everything. So that was like, and then my sister-in-laws came up my whole family right away. And then my good friend, Monica came over and we were sitting in my room, which is the room where Luke passed away. And, I, and like he passed away on the bed and we were sitting there and I was like, I can't sleep here tonight. Like, unless maybe if I change my sheets, like she went out, bought me sheets, washed them in her house, came back later and put them on the bed. And, wow. and it was super sweet. She was just like, yeah, I just wanted to, it was like someone who can just step up and like, this is, what you need and do it. And that was awesome. And then I have a group of girls that we hang out at least once a month and they all brought dinner and food and like all it's real life. Sorry. It's all right. Sweet little voices. Give me a little bit more time, buddy. Love you. Love those sweet little voices. So anyways, um, they came and brought me dinner and they um, like went into my Facebook account and created a fundraiser um, for burial costs and things like that. And they just like step right up. They also, a few months later, so we did graveside service like two weeks later and then three months later, two and a half months later, we did um, celebration of life and they did anything I asked. One catered it, one did all like the memory stuff. Um, Deborah came back and was in charge of like everything. And like, they just stepped it up and, um, and for me, like definitely, like I'm just thinking of a really special memory the night before um, Luke's celebration of life, I had all these good friends because people came in town and we were all from high school except for Deborah, and she was from college. And it was just like the best, sweetest time where we were like, we had out like yearbooks and like, you know, all this stuff where they were like, are you sure you want people over the night? And I'm like, yes, this is what I want, like community and fun. And yeah. like, and they also all knew Luke because of high school. Um, so it was really, really fun to have them over, have the community and just laugh like we laughed a lot and then the next day they were there to help me like get everything it was a lot it was, to me it was like planning a wedding without all the joy <laughs> um but it was very special it was beautiful but anyways the point is there are a lot of people great people out there and of course like my family came over right away my parents my brothers like did anything they were like fixing things in the house and cleaning and like my my um nephews 
fiance, they're about to get married. She came over and did stuff and like everybody was there just helping, you know, and I realized that not everybody has that, you know, I feel very blessed to have family and friends that step up and yeah. then I had one day, a bunch of girls came over and helped me like we were scrubbing walls and like just doing all kinds of stuff to get the house clean and um, get your mind off stuff. Yeah. Instead of just sitting there by yourself, you know, it was like constant people, which I loved. I think for a week we had people spending the night. My sister-in-law's, I think between the two of them spent almost a week at our house. And, you know, it was just great to feel the outpouring love. I think it actually can get harder later on, like months down the road where you don't have all of the people, mm-hmm. you know, there. So that's why it's important to stay plugged in, you know, and there's, I remember the first time I went to a big event and it was like, uh, my brother does this big third of July party and they usually have like a hundred people. And that was like six weeks after Liz died. And it was so hard just being around a big group of people. And then what was hard for me is the people who didn't say anything that you knew they knew, but they didn't reach out. And so I always encourage people like get out of your comfort zone and just say something that person wants to hear like, yeah. And so that was hard. And I, the people that did say, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I really loved that, you know? So that was kind of one of my things that was hard and something, I don't know about you, Mark, but when I see like anniversary posts on Facebook, I love it. I'm happy for the people, but it hurts my heart because I wanted to be one of those people married 25 years, 50 years, you know, and the cute old couple, you know, all of that stuff. Like, I don't know. How does, how do you feel when you see those kind of things? Yeah, I, I get it. I've, I've felt the same way um, for a long time. And um, you know, you have this realization, like Lacey and I got married pretty young. So we were going to hit all those milestones. Yeah. We were going to be married 50, 60 years. I mean, God willing, but I mean, that was our, our hope, you know, and you now I'm 41 and I realized that I'm most likely never going to experience being married to somebody for 50 years or whatever. And, right. you know, so those things kind of like hit me hard, but, um, yeah, when I, when I would see people's anniversary posts or honestly, when, um, after Lacey passed, um, I would go over to people who kept inviting me over to their house to like be with them. And it was beautiful. I loved it so much. It was really nice. Um, but I just like to encourage everybody to be open and honest about your feelings because I kind of stopped coming to people's houses because it was hard for me to see their family it was hard for me to see the husband walk up and kiss his wife or whatever. And I just told him, I was like, I I love you guys, but it's, it's so hard for me to see you guys together. Sometimes it just makes me sad, not because of you guys. It just makes me sad. And they shifted, they adapted and they started coming to me. The men started coming to me and that was great. But as far as the, the anniversary posts um, and things like that, Mm -hmm. I found a remedy that works great for me. And it's, I love it now because I Mm -hmm. love seeing people cherish their spouse and appreciate their spouse because it is frustrating to me now when I hear like, you know, it always has been, but especially now hearing dudes like crack jokes about their wives or, um, you know, making jokes like I'm in in the doghouse or just whatever these typical like jokes about um their spouse and that bugs me because I'm like I loved my my wife and I miss her right and you guys just want to like make fun of your wives like you guys would be so lost 
without them, like you have no idea how much they do. And mm-hmm. um, so those are the ones that get me now is the people that make it. But as far as the anniversary, when I see a husband write some really endearing words to his wife on Facebook, I'll either private message him or comment. I'm like, good for you, man. Thanks. I love seeing men appreciate their wives or wives mm-hmm. appreciate their husbands. And it's actually um, like a beautiful thing. If you really look at it from that perspective, it helps a lot. At least it does for me. Mm-hmm. That I, I stopped looking at it from my own, through my own eyes. And I just started looking at it like, no, look, this is, a, I was always happy for them. Like you said, like I was never bitter at them. It was more about my own feelings. I miss my wife. I, right. Yeah. Our last two anniversaries, the one just passed and she's gone. And that was really hard. Yeah. Um, the one before that, she was in the hospital during COVID and I couldn't, I mean, we celebrated her anniversary over a phone call right. and it was her begging me to get her out of there. And, um, you know, it was tough. So yeah, like I have, I have some hurtful things about anniversaries, but if you just choose to look at it that way, and that's the thing about all this stuff, right. Is that you have to choose. Yes to look at it a certain way. You have to choose that this isn't going to bring me down Mm because you have, you know, you can have two people say the same thing and both be right. And Mm -hmm. it's like one guy says, I can't do it. And one guy says, I can do it. They're both right. Because Mm -hmm. when you tell yourself, I can't, your brain shuts down. Your brain doesn't Mm -hmm. think about, it doesn't explore any more options. Um, which actually reminds me of this funny, there was like a, a talk show along, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to remember this exactly right, but you'll get the gist of it. There were two brothers that were like separated at birth. Mm-hmm. I think they were even twins and they both grew up in a very similar setting, you know, poverty wise, uh, or excuse me, um, you know, financial, whatever. I can't think of the word right now, but uh, economically they grew up basically the same. Um, and one of them grew up to be a multimillionaire and the other one grew up basically homeless, you know, just not doing well for himself at all. And this talk show host found that very fascinating and wanted to have them on the show. And he asked, he, uh, I think it was a she, she asked them both, like, what do you have to say about your life? And they both had the same answer. This is really fascinating. They said, look at my upbringing. What did you expect? Wow. And so it's like, you know, the multimillionaire is like, look at my upbringing. What did you expect? Like, mm-hmm. of course, I'm going to become wildly successful. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And I have the opportunity to take the world. The other guy was like, I had nothing. I had no opportunities. And mm-hmm. so every, just going back to the point that I was making is just everything is perspective and how you look at it. And so yeah. that's why I choose to look at people's anniversaries when they post these beautiful things as um, an opportunity to congratulate them because my message for a long time was like, cherish your family. Stop looking at them. Like don't fight over petty Mm. stuff, like cherish them because you never know if you're going to get the phone call tomorrow that your wife has cancer and she has three months to live because I'll tell you, Lacey's lifestyle, I would never have expected that. I would have never guessed that she was healthy. She exercised where I live. There's a big hill going up to my community and she would be, and I mean a big hill, like they do commercials, like mm-hmm. Red Bull commercials of people doing extreme sports down this hill. It's well known in Southern California. And um, she would be, I'd drive home sometimes and I'd see her pushing the stroller with two yeah. kids in it, or one stroller yeah. or a, with one kid and another right. kid in the backpack. Exactly. 
very very active and so you know anyways yeah you don't uh you never know so appreciate your family and so when i see it i'm like grateful i'm like good for you man that's huge yeah exactly yeah i just had a a few more stories quick ones i wanted to share and then um i wanted to share some verses that have been meaningful so this isn't after Luke passed away, but it was actually, so I'm only 10 days away from it being a year, which is crazy. Um, But Luke, I mean, Haley's birthday, my daughter, who is now 15, is May 5th. And it was so special. Um, So Luke's favorite restaurant and Haley's were both Red Robin. And um, we couldn't go because COVID, it was closed. And actually, I had just called and they said, we think we'll be opening next week or the week after. In fact, they called me back later and said, you guys can come in now. And I'm like, well, he passed away. So that was sad. But and since we couldn't go to them, they came to us like the head of some corporate, like heard about Haley. And it was like through Facebook. And um, they ended up having like the Robin all dressed up and like a whole team of people come. And they brought us meals for all of us, plus the grandparents and dessert and they came like with a parade down the street and Haley was totally shocked and it was just this beautiful experience and they gave her gifts and in addition there was a huge parade and you know just it was it was so beautiful so beautiful and then my friend I actually got a chance to see that video on Facebook I was totally crying it was awesome oh yeah it was really cool and Luke was like so excited and like what's that you know and um it was it was beautiful um I know you guys had a parade too with like your whole town or something (laughs) it was crazy yeah beautiful my neighbor uh this woman Jen real great family um she knew that Lacey was in the hospital and my son's birthday was gonna pass while she was in the hospital so it was really sad she was so sad she was gonna miss my son's birthday and she reached out to a city council member uh, real nice man. I'm not sure that I, you know, that he'd be comfortable with me using his name. So I won't, but, um, really good man. And he started making posts on Facebook and started organizing the community with another girl that, um, I won't mention, but, uh, they ended up getting, we had seven sheriff's cars, a fire engine, the helicopter, the sheriff's helicopter, and about somewhere between 150, 200 cars that came by handing gifts. So while it was beautiful, it was really beautiful, but it was, it was sad because my wife was in the hospital and he wouldn't have had that amazing birthday party if she wasn't in the hospital. So I've always been, you know, not sure how I felt about that. Right. It was tough. We did a Facebook live so she could see it. And I just, my heart was just breaking the whole time thinking about how she's only watching it from a hospital bed. And it was sad, but anyways, yes, we had an amazing, amazing birthday party. It was awesome. I'll see if I can uh, put a link to both of those videos in the show notes if you guys oh, want nice. to see, see yeah. them because they're really sweet, both of them. So, sure. and then my friends have always been really good. I always have birthday parties for myself and like um, have always been really good about just showing me love and it was no different this year. And I just love, you know, the way that they, you know, just spend time and all the special things that they did and just, you know, getting birthday gifts you've always wanted and just being with people. And it was awesome. And um, I'm just so appreciative of all the people in my life. Shout out to all of you (laughs) um, who have been there for me and uh, my family. And I wanted to share a verse that's really meaningful and encouraging to me. Um, 
during a time when you could feel like some days, like not leaving your house, not being involved with people. Um, but this verse encourages me and it is Hebrews 24, so verses 24 through 25. This is the NIV version. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I, I have that head, like in my head, I don't know, my parents used to say it a lot or something like I've just, it's ingrained in my head, like about like continuing to go to church. And I think especially like COVID people get really comfortable with just zoom. And I know for some people for safety or whatever reasons they have to do that, but I want to encourage you, if you can go live, go live. Like there's something that's different about being with people in person. Yeah. And um, yeah. So that verse has been meaningful to me. Um, what about you? Do you have some verses? Yeah. Um, first I wanted to like, just say one more, one more thing about, I was talking about all these people and like, people were just, they just amazed me at the things that this woman, CJ, did not know her at all. And she went to the same church as us, never seen her before. She just calls me and is like, hey, I have a house cleaning business. I would love to come and help you guys. And she right. came faithfully once a week for mm -hmm. probably five months. And we became wow. really close friends with her and they cleaned my whole house. Like it was just amazing. But, um, and then uh, my sister-in-law actually listened to our first podcast today. And she told me something that just really jumped out at me that she said, sharing your feelings is a gift to others. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, wow, like, that's so awesome. Because, you know, I've told you like, this is, this is outside of my comfort zone. Right. But the thought that, you know, I might be able to help somebody going through the hell that I've been through, like, is why I'm doing it. And it's, uh, you know, I'm, I've told you I'm nervous every single time you hit record, <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, but yeah, so she said that to me. And so that's, I just wanted to say that to other people yeah. because along the lines of being open and honest, like share your feelings with people, tell them what you're really feeling, no matter how deep and dark it is, like tell someone, cause they want to know they've never been through what you've been through, what you've been through for the most part, most of them. Right they don't know what you're feeling, but as you explain it, and you know, like I mentioned in another episode, like we're a walking testimony of Christ's love, like yeah. show them something, show them, like be strong, stand up, get out there and go do something that'll blow their mind. Like, you know, go bring them dinner, go mm -hmm. fix something at their house. If you're inclined, go like anything you can think of to bless somebody, they're going to be like, wow, mm -hmm. this person that I should be reaching out to reached out to me to bless right. me. That is such a powerful testimony. And I just, I just want to encourage people to do that because it is, uh, you know, it's pretty powerful. But um, as far as uh, Bible verses, Proverbs, I have two from Proverbs and they're about having good friends. Mm. Uh, the very common one, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens mm. iron. So one person sharpens another, like there are just so many things that you can do with another person that you can't do by yourself. Like as far as um, getting through moments, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised people that haven't been through what you've been through yet. They will come with the most solid and sound advice. And, um, you know, so I, I just really like that one. And then the other one is Proverbs 18, 24, 
A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer mm. than a brother. Like, there's a lot to be said about the quality of a friendship. And, um, but I'll tell you, if you show people that you'll be there for them, they will yeah. be there for you. And it is so powerful if you can be the one to step out and bless someone when you're the one that needs a blessing. And I promise you, you will be blessed by doing it mm -hmm. far more than somebody coming over and doing something for you at your house. It's so easy to curl up in a ball and say like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's so easy to be like, uh, nobody cares. Like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, nobody yeah. cares. I'm, I'm by myself. I'm alone. Yeah. The second you pick up that phone and you dial, you're going to be blown away at how much they want to be there for you. That's true. That's true. That's some really good advice. It's true. There's so many people out there that do want to help. And if you're listening and you're like, I have nobody. Okay. Start with us. We will be start there for us. you. I've had so many conversations in the last week with people who are asking advice or reaching out. And we do a lot through Instagram. We just do the Instagram voice messages and that's been really powerful. So reach out to us at widowed too soon underscore. You can type a message, leave a voice message. Um, you can also email us at widowed too soon. Let me say it again. Widowed two with the number two widowed too soon. M as in Mark and Michelle at gmail.com. And we would love to hear your prayer requests. Speaking of that, we have started doing lives where the prayer requests we receive, we pray over and it's been really cool connecting with those people and they've been touched to tears like everyone we've done this before and we'd love to do that for you with your specific prayers and if you follow us on instagram you'll be aware of the time that we'll be doing it that week and we'd love to pray for you and you can go ahead and send us those specific prayer re requests and we will pray for you by name and speaking of praying we would love to pray for you right now mm -hmm. so i'll go ahead and dial if you want to hang up no, you hang up. <laughs> you hang up. No, I'm dialing. You're hanging up. Yeah, no problem. So. Or we can switch it up if you want. No, no, no. That's I'm always fine. greedy with the dialing. I'm so. just doing the, the teenage. No, you, you hang, hang up. up. You hang up. Okay. Sorry. I forgot we were recording there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> just it's all good. Okay. I'm going to dial. I'm sorry. Hold on one second, please. No problem. Real we're nice. just going to pray and then I'm all done, little man. Okay. Thanks, buddy. I love you. All right. Rock and roll. All right. Jesus, we just thank you for this time. I just pray for every single person listening to this right now, tomorrow, in a month, in a year, whenever they're listening. I just pray that you give them peace that passes all understanding. And I pray that you give them a tribe. If they do not already have a tribe, first of all, they have a tribe. I pray that you enhance those relationships. And if they don't have a tribe, I pray that you bring them one and you help them to maybe put some of these steps into action, plug in at a church, make a list of people, just whatever it is. I just pray that you help them to find those people. And I just pray that if they don't know you, that they will come to know you or to come to know you on a deeper level, because you are the only way that I've survived this last year without my husband. And I just pray for each person that they just, I just want to, pour you to pour peace on them. That's just what I see. I just pray for peace for them as they try to sleep tonight and as they go about their daily lives that they will not feel alone. And just yeah, just thank you. Yes, Father, and thank you for this community of people listening. It's so beautiful. And I pray 
with all of my heart that in the name of Jesus, you would strengthen these people, give them courage, mm -hmm. give them your strength because we are weak. We need help. And I just pray that you would be there for all of these people and send someone, send mm -hmm. multiple people to bless them. And I pray that also you'd give them the courage to reach out and talk mm -hmm. to people and to take away any feelings of doubt, take away any feelings like I had that, that they're a burden to people because they're not. And I pray that you would just fill their hearts with joy and strength and mm -hmm. wisdom and counsel. And um, that you would encourage them to open your word and to look to you anytime they're feeling doubt and that you would encourage them through that. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our savior. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. If you have not subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, please do that because what's so awesome is they come straight to your phone. Every time that we record, we release new episodes every Tuesday morning. So that way you don't miss them. If you enjoyed this, we'd love it. If you could give it a little bing, five stars and review it. If you have a few minutes. Um, that also helps us get the word out to more widows and widowers. And if you know other people that would benefit from this, please share it. Like we have visions of reaching thousands and thousands of people all over the world. In fact, we've already reached people in many parts of the world, Tanzania, Africa. What's that one called? UK, Tobago. Remember that one? Trinidad yeah, yeah, yeah. and Tobago. It, like, it reminds me of Turks and Caicos, yes. but that's not it. No. No, it's it's Trinidad. Trinidad, Trinity, and something. No, it's not Trinidad. No. Trinidad and Tobago. I'm pretty sure. Ah, yeah, you're yeah. right. I know it's a Caribbean island. Yes. So the the point is, we are already reaching all over the world, and we'd love your help to continue to get this out, share it with people, um, because we know there there are a lot of widows and widowers hurting out there, or even I don't even think it has to be widows and widowers. Anybody grieving, like hopefully can benefit from the advice that we're giving. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. And invite so, us to your tropical island. Invite us. We'd love to come. <laughs> love to speak anywhere in the tropical island area. So there it is. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. And we will see you back again next week. Have a great day. Bye.